It is Thursday, July 30th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who treats adversity like a piece of meat, J.P. Shadrick. Uh, uh, is it medium rare? I don't know. Welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. Jeff Lagerman from his home studio. And with the power of technology, Jeff, you and I can actually look each at each other over a video screen. We're taking steps toward the season. What's up, Wags? How are you? <laughs> it's kind of odd. I mean, here we are, the end of July, and me and you were having this conversation a minute ago. Does it really feel like football season? Or oh, yeah. does it feel like it's it's time to have a mini camp? You know, it's, I mean, that's the weird. thing that's it's so really strange weird. right now. It is weird. I mean, obviously, it's it's been a year like nothing else, and and typically you have so much build up to the season to where you have, you know, after the draft and free agency, then you have mini camps and. Uh, voluntary workouts, and then the players report, and then when they report, there's cameras and fanfare and everything else. Well, you you, you kind of missed a big block of that, so it, it almost feels like you know we're missing something. But uh, but here we are, and uh, it's a different year certainly, and it's going to be a different year in a lot of different ways. We'll hear from Doug Marone, of course, uh, in this show. We'll recap his media availability. It was earlier today, the Doug Marone show coming up at five o'clock today as well. So we'll hear straight from the head coach. And and he touched on this a little bit today too. logs is, you know, it doesn't feel like preseason. It doesn't feel like any of that right now because there's this ramp up time and then there's not a game in, in two weeks. And so it's a totally different, almost a collegiate type feel. And for Doug, he's been through this on the college side before where there's no preseason games. You got to figure out your roster and you're too deep at that point. Uh, obviously, it's a different world here in the NFL, but he can refer to some notes from the past, which is a good thing for Doug. Yeah, but what notes are you referring to when you're talking about managing a roster when you have COVID-19 affecting your entire roster and the way you do business? That's right. I mean, look, there's nothing that you can pull from your history that's going to help you handle this other than you have to sit there and try to figure out every conceivable poss- every conceivable possibility that could happen to your roster. And this year is very unique in a lot of different ways in that, first of all, will the season happen without any kind of interruption? I think that's going to be very interesting to see if it can happen. Uh, Number two is that now you have coaches and general managers that are having to manage a completely different thing than just the X's and the O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's. I mean, now you're talking about managing a roster in case all of a sudden you have an outbreak of COVID-19 on your football team. So now you have to make the decisions. How do we handle our day-to-day business? How do we conduct practice? How do we conduct meals? How do we conduct meetings? How do we conduct practice? Do we isolate a quarterback just in case we have a quarterback room that comes down with COVID? I mean, there's so many different decisions and there's no roadmap that you can refer back to to figure out what's the best way to go about it. But I will say this. The football teams in the National Football League that are the best managed are going to be the most successful in a year like this. Uh, Here's what's coming up on the program today. We'll recap that Doug Marone media availability. Players reporting to camp, at least for testing. The veterans are not in the building yet. The rookies are, though, the ones who have passed three COVID-19 tests are allowed in the next steps moving ahead over the next weeks we'll discuss that senior writer john osier scheduled to join us as well in about 15 minutes we'll recap doug marone's press conference today let's hear from the head coach logs how about it 
you know, and you just touched on this, how different the environment is. What is a normal day like and how does a normal day change for head coach Doug Marone? There, there are so many changes, D-Rock, that has taken place as far as just a, your normal day. I mean, normal is out of the really out, really out of the picture, you know, of the things that we're doing. Um, as far as, you know, coming in with the testing procedures, um, you know, arrows on the hallway, signs on the hallway, um, you know, split locker rooms, split, you know, weight rooms, different different areas, you know, just to, to create that space. Now, Logs, I have not been in the building, at least in the Jaguars part of the building, since March 19th. So I haven't seen these arrows in all these hallways, but it makes a lot of sense. They have to do everything to the book, and the book is big of what the league and everybody's put together to try to, to make this social distancing possible in an NFL locker room. It's tough to do with 90 guys around there. Well, well, it is. Unfortunately, the Jaguars have a facility that is the NFL stadium, which has multiple locker rooms. It has a lot of room really to handle this type of situation. There's a lot of football teams that don't have the upgraded facility, that don't have the ability to say, hey, you know what, let's go use the South locker room. Hey, guess what, let's go use the locker room, the new locker room that they built on the other side of the stadium. So the Jaguars are fortunate in a lot of different ways because of the facility that they are within. And also they have the ability to go outside and utilize a stadium seating area that's got a capacity of you know, 65 plus thousand seats. And so you got a lot of flexibility there to where you can actually have a meeting and still be able to abide by all the different social distancing aspects of the requirements of the league. Now, you said you haven't seen all these things in the hallway. JP, just imagine what it's like at the grocery store. That's you got one-way right. signs, right? I mean, going down aisles, and then when you get to the cash register, it says, stand here, stand here, stand here. I mean, I, I don't think it's any different for the NFL teams right now to where they have a lot of guidelines just like that in place for them. Interesting stuff, and you know, but everybody has to follow it to a T. And that's, and this is a discussion we'll have a little later too. That's inside the building. You can control inside the building. The real question will be when guys leave the building, go home. That's really when this thing will uh, will turn one way or the other. He'll see you again from Doug Marone. Uh, no preseason games this year. That's the big change. The Players Association and the league came together on that. So how does that change? his preparation leading into the regular season. When I knew there was talk about, you know, um, possibly not playing preseason games, I wound up breaking out, you know, the stuff that I did in college and looked at it, kind of reminded myself of, you know, how, you know, how I've done it, you know, personally before. And then, you know, I think it's, for me, it's, it's, it's very easy to manage, you know, and getting those situations, getting, you know, that type of um, experience, getting that type of, uh, you know, live action, let's say, for lack of a better word. Um, so I think I'm, I'm, I feel very comfortable as far as that part. Logs, how difficult is this, at least from the organizational perspective, to evaluate talent on the team? We'll hear from the players' side in a moment, but in terms of uh, selecting guys on this roster, how difficult is it to to see anything when you can't play games? Well, I, I think it's interesting that Doug says that, hey, look, he's very comfortable with what uh, what he's going to be able to do. I, I, I have a hard time understanding how comfortable he is. I think he's just saying that because he doesn't want his team to realize that this is very different and he doesn't want them to think that this is anything but the best way for any, any football team. 
I think the reality is, is that, look, if, if you knew you weren't going to have preseason games, fine. Now we can go ahead and we can ramp up the practices. We can go to semi-live contact and practice. But here's the reality. You have this whole ramp-up period that's taken away from the total amount of time that you have the players on the field for and the amount of padded practices that you're going to have. So here's the thing. How are you going to find a replacement for four games? You can't. You can't. So you're going to have to make a lot of personnel decisions about your football team based on faith. I mean, that's the reality. And based on very little sample size of what you have from the players on your roster. That's the reality, and that's certainly a big change from in years past. And there's been a lot of talk about how the undrafted guys in NFL history have had that opportunity, and, and the preseason has afforded them that opportunity of getting more exposure. I don't think there's any doubt that that's a reality, and there's going to be a lot of players that slip through the cracks. But the one thing that you do have this year is that you do have the expanded roster with the practice squad, and I think that will help a little bit. Now, it may, it may take some time to unearth some of those gems, but I think you'll still be able to find them because of the practice squad and a little bit of expanded roster there. And also because if you've got a guy that goes on the COVID-19 list, okay, you can replace him on the active roster and still have a guy on the practice squad. For this organization, it might be a little more challenging than most. It's a very young team, 12 draft picks, 18 undrafted players currently on the roster. And for Doug Marone, as you just touched on logs, Doug today earlier, uh, knows the challenge for young players to make not just this team, but any team this year. This is probably, um, probably going to be one of the more challenging times for a young player uh, to make a football team. You know, one is because of opportunities. Uh, the other is going to be, you know, a young football player um, that may, you know, you may have some better players ahead of him, but not be able to, to play preseason games to get on film to, you know, maybe get picked up by another team. Yeah, it changes everything. We've just touched on it. The addition of some spots in the practice squad helps you a little bit in this case, but Man, this is not ideal. It's certainly not no. ideal for anybody in the league. And if you're an undrafted rookie that's on the bubble to begin with, before games start, then uh, you may not even make it to the cut down well, to 80 that's minute, in a JP. few weeks. Look, when you're, when you're an undrafted rookie, you're already on the bubble. I mean, yeah. you're not going to you know, maybe be on the bubble. You are on the bubble when you walk in the door. And the reality is this Jaguars football team is incredibly young and they're going to be evaluating a lot of incredibly young players. And I think it would make a, a big difference if you're talking about a veteran football team like the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got veterans across the board. But you're talking about a totally different animal with this Jaguars football team and other teams that are very similar to the Jaguars that are in a rebuilding mode and they have committed to youth. You're going to make a lot of decisions based on very little sample size. I think the teams that are going to be more set up, I think, for this year to have success are one that have had stability within the organization and have a veteran presence in their locker room. The guys that have been there and done that. When you have a roster that there's a lot of guys that haven't been there and done that, a lot of decisions are going to have to be made based on faith. And a lot of those decisions aren't going to be the right ones just because you don't have enough evidence or visual evidence to confirm or deny whatever you are expecting to see out of certain players. So that's just the reality. With young teams, you're going to make, you're going to make mistakes, especially in a year like this year. 
The full conversation with Doug Marone available on Jaguars.com, Jag social media, and of course at five o'clock we'll have the first Doug Marone show of the season that's coming up on the Jaguars radio network. Bono's Pit Barbecue is showing support for Frontline Heroes by creating a hashtag Feed the Frontline campaign. Help support our local doctors, nurses, and hospital workers by donating meals to honor their brave and dedicated efforts during this difficult time. Call 904-332-7427 and donate today. We're back in a moment, Logs, and John Ozier is going to join us. You ready for that? I'm ready for Johnny Ozone now. He's coming up in just a moment. We're off and running. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jags fans fill your wallet with one debit card that screams do ball exclusively from tiaa bank the jacksonville jaguars visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go and it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account up your financial game today visit a financial center near you or find us at tiaabank.com slash jags card tiaa bank is a division of tiaa fsb member fdic and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual. Ensuring those who serve. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA.
Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. The Jags remain committed to providing our season ticket members with the latest updates in the 2020 season. TIAA Bankfield will seat approximately 25% of its capacity this season due to physical distancing guidelines. And with that in mind, we've now given members the opportunity to select from several options that include but are not limited to selecting physically distant seats or applying your 2020 funds towards 2021. Season ticket members, check your emails and make your selection by Tuesday, August 4th. That's right around the corner. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. Jeff Lagerman on video with us today from his home studio. With uh, is that, that looks like a gun safe behind you. That's okay. And uh, John Osier is joining us from his home studio. I, I don't see a gun case behind you, John. What's up, O? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out this uh, you know, eight months into this pandemic. Is that what it is? Eight years? <laughs> Still trying to figure out uh, Skype, evidently. So here I it's am. Okay. Jeff, well, here you are. Yeah, good to see you, uh, Oh, and glad you're along with us here. You know, by the way, before we get into the Jaguar stuff, there's a, a little breaking news in college football. The uh, Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated has just tweeted and said that Southeastern Conference presidents have adopted a plan to play a 10-game conference-only schedule this fall. The kickoff date would be September 26th. The SEC championship game would be December 19th. That just came down during the commercial timeout. So uh, that's one sport off to the side. You know, and John, we talked about this a little bit this morning, the way different sports are handling this pandemic. Um, NBA has the bubble. NHL has two different bubbles. Uh, NFL, Major League Baseball do not. College football, as of right now, it's, they're just trying to figure out if they're going to play or not some of these leagues. Um, you know, the um, the, that's the challenge of this NFL thing that the amount of people involved and the amount of people coming and going from buildings, John, is tough. Yeah, I'd probably be more curious, Jeff, as a former player, uh, how he would feel about just the, the logistics of it because he's been more inside of it than I have in his life. But you know, having been around the league for 25 years, the thought of trying to get like during training camp, you've got 150 some odd people that you are trying to move around. And it's probably, you know, you're the best correlation is trying to, it is the military correlation. You're trying to move people in packs and they're trying to do it social distance, but there's just so many people that you've got to get involved with it. You know, I get when fans who are outside of it say, well, they should just do the bubble because that's the best way to do it. Look at baseball, look at basketball. But with those sports, you're talking about short periods of time comparatively, maybe four or five weeks for most teams. Jeff, to try to do it over a five-month period with the logistics of the NFL, I get that maybe you could try it, but it just seems like a gargantuan lift. Well, it's a, it's a gargantuan task, and on top of that, you can control them you know, while they're in your little bubble. But then once you get done with that little bubble at five o'clock during the regular season, everybody's going their different ways. You know, so how, how do you factor that into the equation? Because that becomes a whole nother task to try to manage that you can't manage. Right. And uh, so I, I think it's going to be an incredibly challenging year. You look at what happened with the Miami Marlins this week. And then also with the Philadelphia Phillies. And I know Joe, our producer, is probably sitting there going, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But when they had the outbreak, I mean, all of a sudden the Miami Marlins were shut down. 
Well, in, in baseball, if you get shut down for a little bit, you can make it up somewhere along the way and play a double or a triple header somewhere. Look, in football, you can't do that. I mean, you can't say, okay, well, we got to cancel this weekend's game. We'll make that game up next Wednesday, and then we'll go ahead and play the following Sunday. It doesn't work that way. So uh, incredibly challenge, challenging year for the NFL. Hey, uh, John, obviously Doug Marone spoke earlier today. That's you, John, yes. Um, it was his first media availability of the the preseason training camp leading up ramp up period, whatever we're officially calling this time period right now, we'll call it the ramp up period. First time we've heard from him. Uh, and, and logs, you and I were talking about it earlier, John, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this too. Does it really feel like football yet today might've been the first time, but just seeing Doug on a, on a computer screen makes it kind of feel, Oh, we're still in the off season program a little bit. It's, it's an odd feeling. Yeah. I sort of realized today, and I guess had I thought about it more, I realized before, to me it doesn't really feel like football until your shirt's wet after practice, until you're just standing out there and you're soaking through, and I'm walking up to Jeff, and we're both kind of looking at each other going, hey, here we go again. Yeah, that's really the first day that it's going to feel real when we're on the field in camp. Frankly, because when you've been around it as long as I have and as long as Jeff has in a more intimate capacity, your body clock tells you that right now it's time to walk out on that field and have my goofy hat on and be doing that. So I don't think you'll really feel it until that happens. But Jeff, I've looked at this all along saying this is a combination of OTAs for two weeks and then all of a sudden, bam, you're into training camp. So I do think we'll feel it in what, uh, two and a half, three weeks on August 17th. Well, maybe. And I can tell you another reason why it doesn't feel like training camp or feel like the season approaching. I'm looking at John Osher with a beer. I mean, what the hell is going on? You're a little <laughs> I mean, did, did me and you and Doug Marone all kind of coordinate our facial growth or, or what in the off season? Well, Jeff, you're the beard leader <laughs> without question. I, I envy you. I'll never match you. This is just my little effort. I like it. I, I like it. But I mean, it, it, JP and I were talking earlier, John, and that, you know, you, you always have that build up to a season, you know, after the draft and then you have uh, the mandatory mini camp and you have OTAs and when the guys report, you know, there's all these steps that, that get you to where you're going to be at and where we're at now, but we've, we've missed all those steps. Right. And then we're going to be missing more steps, you know, those steps of, having media coverage of practice for two weeks. And then all of a sudden, maybe even have a scrimmage mixed in there or inter-squad practice with another football team. That's not happening. Preseason games, not happening. So when, when you don't have all the buildup, my question is, where will the interest in the NFL be this year? Because you're missing a lot of that buildup to a season that typically you have. And, and I don't want to compare this to a rating system, but I, but I would just throw this out there. You know, in television, they have ratings for television shows. And, and if you have a time slot, you love to have a great what they call lead-in, which mm -hmm. means you like to have something with strong numbers going into your show or into your time slot. Well, that's kind of like the buildup of an NFL season. And all of that is going to be missing. So will you lose some fans because of that, or will you gain more? just because people are looking for an outlet to just to just not think about everything that's going on in the world today and just want to watch sports and want to watch competition. And my guess is it's both. 
I think you're going to lose some because of what you said, because it, there's so many people thinking about other things right now, concerned about other things. But I do think I think the NBA will see it. I think baseball's seeing it a little bit. I've talked to people in the Ozone mailbag who said they're watching baseball for the first time in a long time out of something to watch. Well, as popular as the NFL is, I can't believe they won't have that bump. Will it be an overall bump? Uh, I don't know. But I would expect that first week of the regular season, as hungry as people have been for this, uh, to be very well watched. Jeff, my question is, and uh, you as a former player, I, I often ask you things along these lines. Where do you think that we're going to see the biggest evidence that there was no offseason, that there was no training, or, and there were no preseason games? Are we making that up, or will we see something tangible to uh, be evidence of that? I think it's going to be hard to an untrained eye to say, oh, boy, you can really tell that they didn't have all. I think there's going to be a lot of inefficiencies with both offenses and defenses. But here's the reality. When everybody is on the same playing field, so and everybody's had the same offseason to deal with, they've had the same amount of preseason, they've had the same limited number of practices, it's going to be very hard to see. Now, if you had one team that had so many different limitations and other teams that didn't have any limitations, you'd see a huge disparity. I don't think we're going to see a lot of disparity, but if you watch the timing of offenses and the efficiency of offenses, I think that's going to be uh, probably the biggest indicator and the biggest tell for people yeah, worry that have a trained eye. Or is that first-year coordinator thing more than anything? Oh, first John, I mean, John right on the money. I mean, you got a first-year coordinator and a first-year starting quarterback. Yeah. With a very young offense, and obviously we're talking about Gardner Minshew and, and Gruden and the Jaguars' offense. I mean, a huge disadvantage yeah. in the National Football League this year with that type of situation to deal with. Johnny O, your writing is available on Jaguars.com. You are the Jaguars.com senior writer. That's where it would be. And what, what are you showing us, Logs, on the oh, video? Oh, look, I, I, I got Ozone's podcast right here on my phone. Can you see that? <laughs> Multimedia. I mean, here's the, here's the best thing about it. It's Pete Prisco. I got I to gotta listen to that because it's Prisco. Not only that, there are two episodes with Pete Prisco. So hey, double your pleasure. Pete is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. not. He's got way too much hot air in him. <laughs> Apparently it's not enough. Uh, the recap of today available. Another story going up soon on Jaguars.com. Johnny O, it's always good to see you, bud. Guys, thanks. Jeff, great seeing you. See you soon. See you, Johnny. All right, John Ozier, senior writer, Jaguars.com. Uh, we got to look at John there, uh, Logs, on, on Skype. It's pretty amazing. Kind of scary. Looks like Wolfman Jack a little bit there. <laughs> I, mean, I shaved mine the other week. I, you know, I, I make a pretty good run usually in the summer where I let it go, but um, I finally shaved it off the other day. So. I was, I was, you know, you and me, I've always had to go tea. Yeah. And uh, and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna grow a beard for a little while, and it's got so much gray in it now. I'm actually thinking about using just for men. You know, really? Co- comb in a little bit of color. What do you think? I don't think. Yay or nay? No. Remember the remember the show Home Improvement? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And cool. uh, he would say, "I don't think so, Tim." That's Tim what I, That's yeah. I, I don't think so, Logs. Yeah, <laughs> stay away, stay away. Uh, back in a moment. We'll uh, we got a new segment coming up, and you're gonna either buy or mm-hmm. you're gonna sell. So we get mm-hmm. ready. Okay. Right, right around the corner. It is. Uh, we're about halfway home. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. 
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. When America needed us to build, we built. Masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road, from law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers. They all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at tropical smoothie cafe one taste and you're hitting refresh now palm trees swaying now letting loose now busting a move now cranking up the beats now hands in the air now feeling free now you're on tropic time now and right now at tropical smoothie cafe try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies and you're tasting fruity now sipping sunshine now toasting summer now you're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Magazine and app. Download the free Money Pages app for local savings instantly. Well, uh, that's the opening of a new segment. We're going to debut on this program. Real dramatic intro to Buy or Sell. Logs, this is how it's going to work. Hold on. I got a question. Yes. Where does that music come from? 
you know where that music comes from. No, I know, from. I know where it comes from as far as the, the guy that found it. Yes. But I need a little help here in understanding exactly what it is, because I, I, I've never heard that before, and it's very odd. The music? I have yeah. no idea. I don't know. I don't. Hmm. I have never heard that song before in my life. I mean, I, you know, I'm a little younger than you and, and the person who makes that decision, Joe. But I'm a lot younger, in fact. I so, Joe, you, Joe, Joe's got to text me and let me know where that song <laughs> comes from, the origin of that song. I, I got to know, because everything he does musically is for a reason. Because the name of the song is Buy or Sell, I think. That's, Basically, that's it. I typed well, in Buy or Sell it, and that's what came up. Oh, so you just you just Googled it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Good. All right. Good, at least it was clean. I'm gonna I mean, do if that it wasn't, you know, after we yeah. get off the show here, after I get done listening to the to the Ozone uh, podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that. I'm gonna Google buy or sell. There you have it, and that's what'll come up apparently. Here's how the game works. I, the first rule is there are no rules. We're just kind of going through it the first time. But I'll say a topic. Uh, logs are either going to buy or sell and okay. explain your reasoning behind it. And I'll do the same thing. How about mm-hmm. that? Number one, the season will start as scheduled. Buy or sell? Buy. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that it will start as scheduled. Because I think leading up to the season, there's going to be a lot of precaution made. The teams aren't traveling. Uh, it's it's the most controlled environment that teams can have all season long. And I think if there was ever a week the games were going to be played, it would be opening day. Or should I say kickoff weekend? Right. Uh, so I'm with you on the buy for that point. I think they'll do everything in their power to get to week one. After that, who knows? You know, things can change in a hurry. They've worked the schedule where weeks two and weeks three can can be moved if they need to and not affect the conference and the division races. So um, by on starting as scheduled, if you if I were to ask, you know, the rest of the season on schedule, I would sell right now. Uh, next one. This is a pretty good one. Yannick Ngakwe will be on the field for the Jaguars week one. Buy or sell? I'm selling. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that uh, they've had, uh, holy cow, uh, seven months to try to come to some type of agreement. It hasn't happened. I don't think that that agreement is going to happen anytime soon. I think at some point there's going to be enough of a trade offer to make it worth your while as as the Jaguars organization to go ahead and just move on. Yeah, I'm going to sell as well. And that's the trick. He might be on the field week one if a deal gets done before the season, and he would be on the field somewhere else in well, week one, but not for the Jaguars. But it would take – who knows what it would take? It would take whatever more than they've already been offered, which apparently they've had a couple of opportunities. Well, let me let me add this too, JP. If if there are no other options for Yannick Ngakwe, it's either play for the Jaguars or don't get, uh, don't get a check. I'm buying that he's going to show up. Okay. I mean, because here's the deal. But when? Are you you going to week one? Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I don't worry about Ngakwe as far as being in shape and ready to play a football game. He proved it last year that he came in. He was ready to go right away. But you're not going to bypass millions of dollars, okay, and another opportunity to get another significant jump at millions of dollars or a chance to get to free agency possibly again. So um, 
it's not like Ngakwe is going to opt out, you know, and take 150 grand, or he's just going to say, you know what, I'm not going to play for the Jaguars because uh, I'm, I'm too burnt about it. Look, money is going to override this situation. If the Jaguars get enough, I think they're going to trade him. And I think at some point you, you'll probably get enough to where you just say, let's just move on as an organization because you just don't want that. And I'm not saying that Ngakwe is a dark cloud, but it's just, it's a cloud nonetheless that's it's kind of hanging over your head as an organization and then when you're young and you're rebuilding you don't need that i mean you just need to put the blinders on and move forward especially in a year like this our next topic cj henderson will be the jaguars rookie of the year and logs i'll go first to this one i'm buying this one and here's some of the reasoning why behind it caleb and chase on is obviously a rookie as well but there's a lot of grown men in the trenches. You have to kind of learn how to play. It takes a little longer. You can speak to this a little bit more once uh, we get to that point. Uh, rookie wide receivers have a tough go of it. I think it takes them a little time overall to get things going. So LaVisca Chenault might take a little longer to really develop. Hopefully not. Maybe uh, he steps in and plays well right away. C.J. Henderson is a top 10 cornerback, and he's going to start right away. And he'll have some bumps in the road, but I think he'll have the opportunity to make the most impact right out of the gate. That's why I'm buying that he's the Jaguars rookie of the year, Logs. Okay, well, here's the deal. He's your first-round pick and a top-ten pick. He should be. He better be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if not, then what are we doing? But, but here's, an interesting, here's an interesting way to, to ask a different question. Would you take C.J.? Or the field. Ooh. Ooh. That's okay. a tough one. But I, I think I'm still taking CJ. See, for me, because there's another first round pick in the mix, yeah. I would take I would take the field. Now Just is it more from a number is standpoint? It, is it and that's uh, not a criticism of CJ at all, right? CP. Right. Is it is it more difficult to break in as a rookie as a defensive lineman edge rusher or as a cornerback, in your opinion? Well, a cornerback gets exposed more. They're more on an island. It's, I think it's easier to hide an edge rusher, especially when you've got some other players that are pretty good. And also, situationally, you can play an edge rusher. And so I, I think it would probably be easier to adapt in the National Football League right out of the gate as an edge rusher. I'm not saying the numbers would be there, uh, but it's a, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good grub amount of growth required to play corner national football league. And here's the thing. If they play the way they played in the past, where they're leaving their corners on an island. So if Henderson is all of a sudden out there and playing like Jalen Ramsey, who Yeah. That's a big ask, JP. It is. It is, but he was a big draft pick too. Sure. Top ten corners are expected to do certain things. And that's one of them, right? Is so, to stand there on alone. There's no doubt, and and from everything that his coaches in college said, from the the numbers that he put up at the combine, I mean, this guy's incredibly talented. And uh, the biggest thing I think that you always worry about, and I'm, I'm not talking about C.J. Henderson in particular, I'm talking about any any first round pick or any rookie that we talk about, is what's the mental makeup. And when you're talking about cornerback, the mental makeup has to be incredibly strong because you have to have a short memory, you have to be extremely confident. And I don't want to say borderline arrogant, but you got to be close, you know, and you got to be kind of a little bit of edgy edginess to you. 
You know, so it takes a unique type of person to be able to handle playing cornerback in the National Football League. So I've got you down as a sell on C.J. Henderson. Yeah, because I'm going to take the field. I'm going to take the field. I'm going to take the field. Fair fair enough. No judgment here. There's no winner. There's no loser. We're, you know, we're just throwing it around here. Uh, The next one, Leonard Fournette will be the offensive MVP of the Jaguars. Buy or Mm. sell, Logs? Mm. Again, that's kind of one of those questions. Are you taking him or are you taking the field? Well, that's not the question. That's not what I asked. Well, it's, it's, it's the same thing. And, I, and here's the thing. If, if I'm buying, that means I think Fournette's going to be the MVP. If I'm selling, it's I'm everybody else. It's anybody else. I mean, so it's the same question. Are you taking Fournette or are you taking the field? For me, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the field, JP. I'm selling. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell there because I, I think that I think we're gonna see some exciting things out of the wide receiver group. And uh, and I think we hopefully will see some exciting things out of the quarterback this year. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this because I think with the different looking offense, though we have no idea what the hell it's gonna look like yet. We haven't seen anybody on a field running around. You think they're gonna open it up some. You mentioned the receivers, a quarterback. That also opens some space for Leonard Fournette in theory. Maybe another guy gets out of the box. And hey, guess what? Uh it's a contract year for number twenty seven as well. Not mm-hmm. that he isn't motivated. Uh, all the time anyway, but if there's a year to be out there and be motivated to play and play at the top level, this is the year for that. So give me Leonard Fournette in a different offense in a contract year. I'm with you because, look, when I say I'm selling there, and that means I'm taking the field. But if I had to pick one person with the offense, because, you know, when you're talking about Leonard Fournette or the field, that's one person or the rest of everybody else. I would take Leonard Fournette if I had to pick one person. I mean, he's he's been there. He's proven it. He's been a workhorse in this offense. I don't see any reason why he would not be expected to be a workhorse once again. And when you got a guy who's extremely motivated, he's playing in the contract, contract year, uh, feed him. I mean, and feed him and, and use him as much as you can. And if he's with you next year, great. If he's not, then that's just the way it is in the National Football League. And hopefully you'll find somebody to replace him at some point in the future. All right. Last one here. And uh, I'll let you start on this one, too. Gardner Minshew will be a Pro Bowl player at the end of the 2020 season. So, I mean, mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you're expecting a first-year starting quarterback to be a a Pro Bowl player? Yeah. Look, and I'm not saying that he can't be, and I'm not saying that he can't be or that I'm down on him or anything of that nature because I think he had the best season of any rookie quarterback last year. And the numbers speak for that. The excitement that we saw with the Minshew mania, I think, speaks to that. But to expect him to take that next step, which that's a big step to go from, hey, he had a pretty good rookie year to being a Pro Bowl-type player, I mean, that's a huge step for anybody to take. And uh, if he does, wow. Uh, Then the Jaguars are certainly set as an organization because you feel like, okay, maybe we've got a franchise quarterback because, because if a quarterback that you have makes the pro bowl in year two, you're talking about a franchise quarterback. So, uh, but do I expect that? No. Um, And, and, and here's why new offense, young offense, uh, new terminology, a COVID-19 offseason, a lot of speculation and, and, and unknowns when you're talking about a season. Uh, for me, 
that's a lot to ask of a young quarterback with the expectation to be a Pro Bowl type of player. I'm selling this as well for the reasons that you provided, but consider some other AFC quarterbacks that are in this conference as well. I mean, you're talking about Pat Mahomes. If they're not in the Super Bowl again, he's going to be in the Pro Bowl. Um, you're talking about big-time names. Phillip Rivers is in Indy right now, for goodness sakes. Lamar Jackson, the MVP. I mean, that's just three off the top. Ben Roethlisberger is still playing football. You might have heard of him. So it's a lot of big-time names who've been around the blocker time or two in the AFC. Not to say that he couldn't slide in somehow, but you have to really outplay a whole lot of guys in the AFC to get voted into the Pro Bowl if you're not sliding in as a reserve later down the line. Well, and, and here's the deal. To to have individual recognition, you have to have great team success. That's step number one. If you don't have great team success, the chances of getting recognized for a Pro Bowl are, are tough, unless you have incredible numbers. I mean, incredible numbers. And a quarterback is always judged by wins and losses. And this team is, is a long way away from last year saying, okay, this is going to be a successful football team. They're going to have 10 plus wins as an organization. That's, that's a lot to ask. We're back in a moment. We'll go around the national football league. How did you like buy or sell logs? I like yeah. it. Are you, are like you buying it. or selling buy or sell? No, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. And, and you know, we'll, we'll mix it up and I'll, and I'll also kind of criticize the question every now and again. That that's way fair. You can mix it up. That's fair. You can sell the question if you'd like to. Sure. That's fine. Uh, Back in a moment around the league, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. 
At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. When America needed us to build, we built. Masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. Here to help you better understand COVID-19, share information to help protect you and your family, and make sure you get the care and support you need during this challenging time. Florida Blues support extends beyond healthcare as they work with the community to provide meals for seniors, masks for healthcare workers and residents, funds for immediate needs, and expertise on prevention. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. By the way, congratulations to Fulham Football Club, owned by the Khan family, of course. They lost the match today to Cardiff City, but they won the aggregate goal number of the two matches against Cardiff. So Fulham is headed to Wembley for the final match against Brentford. The winner of that match gets promoted to the Premier League next season. So Fulham, just a moment ago, they went full-time. They lost again today, as we said, 2-1, to one, but they won the aggregate goal over the last two matches to move on. So congrats to uh, certainly uh, Mr. Khan, Tony Khan, who's involved very much over there, and the entire Fulham Football Club family. Uh, one more game at Wembley to see if they can get back up in the Premier League. Pretty cool stuff, Logs. Very cool stuff, and you always want to kind of go into uh, that situation winning. But nonetheless, when you get there, it's still a reason for celebration. Yeah. Uh, hey, they're in. They're playing at Wembley. It's all that matters. Now go win the thing and get back in the Premier League. Let's go around the National Football League. And logs the opt-outs around the league continue to roll in, including Kansas City Chiefs running back Damian Williams now. In-steps rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. He's a first-round draft pick running back. He was expected to contribute anyway, but... With the Super Bowl hero, Williams, out now, it's a it's a big spotlight now for Edwards Alaire. Well, I think uh, it's a big spotlight and, and one that the Chiefs were excited about getting him because uh, they were raving about him after they were able to get him in the draft. And they said he's a, a multidimensional tool. He's going to be not only a running back, but a great receiving option out of the backfield. And when you put a, a, a guy that has that flexibility like him in that offense, it <laughs> Man, that's a hard offense to deal with as it is, but then you put another kind of a jack-of-all-trades in it, hold on. A lot of opt-outs around the league, though, Logs, with, uh, you know, obviously if you have a pre-existing condition and are a little more susceptible to COVID-19, there's a higher payout. It's $150,000 otherwise, but it does come out of your salary next year uh, if you decide to opt out this year. Yeah, that's a tough decision, I think, for a lot of guys because it's not necessarily just about them. It's about their family. 
you know, some guys may have uh, a mother or a father that lives with them that may be at risk. They may have uh, newborn children. Uh, so there's a lot of different reasons why people could opt out and, and totally understand it. Totally understand it because if you are at risk, it's real. I mean, it's absolutely real. And, you know, we all got to see firsthand with, with Pacelli's you know, issue when he had COVID in the early stages of all this was going down. Uh, heck, he's in intensive care, you know. So uh, did the thought cross my mind that Tony might not make it at that point? Heck, yeah. You know, so, I mean, if you're somebody that has those type of concerns or somebody in your family has those type of concerns, you know, I totally get opting out. And I think it was great that the, that the league and the union were able to come to an agreement in that fashion so that the players don't feel like they have to do something. This gives them a way to take a step back and then to make an important decision that is sometimes the most important decision. The Tennessee Titans have still not heard from Vic Beasley. He did not show up for COVID-19 testing again Wednesday. I had no communication with the team as to why he was added to the reserve, wow. did not report list. And now it's a one-year prove-it deal with Tennessee this offseason, but so far a no-show in Tennessee. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. You know, Vic Beasley is a, is a good football player. Uh, he obviously didn't get the contract. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. When you don't have any kind of response from the player and there's no information coming from him or his camp, I mean, everything else is just speculation. I hope everything's okay with him. And, uh, and at some point, I'm sure we'll find out what's going on. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll find out. Uh, yeah, didn't didn't show up again yesterday. Nick Bosa has shown up, though, and he is getting paid by the Chargers. A five-year extension. Highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Uh, the extension is worth $135 million, including $102 million guaranteed. That exceeds the Miles Garrett extension that he got from Cleveland a couple weeks back. So a lot of money going out to the Bosa family. Well, he's worth he's worth every penny. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy that from him and his brother both, when when they stepped into the to the game, they were dominant immediately. Now I, I don't put him on the level of like a Reggie White or a Bruce Smith, but I mean he is one of the premier pass rushers in the National Football League. He's got a great motor. He's got a lot of different ways that he can rush the quarterback effectively. He's good against the run. Uh, he's the, he's the type of player. He's a foundational building block of any organization. Of course, I, I called him the wrong brother name. It's uh, Joey Bosa got paid by the yeah, Chargers. Nick, this one's, that's on me. Hey, look, that's interchangeable, me. JP. I mean, <laughs> both of them are so daggum good. I mean, and here, here's a great argument. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Nick or would you rather have Joey? I mean, I think that's a great question. And I think a lot of general managers would have a hard time determining which one that they would have first out of those two guys. Well, who would you take first? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more sample size, but I mean, so far, everything that I've seen out of Nick, uh, I'd have a tendency to lean towards Nick right now after watching his rookie season. He was tremendous. Well, I would take him because he's cheaper right now than, than Joey is after yesterday, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great statement because <laughs> economics always does factor into roster building, JP. Is that right? Because you know you never know. You're, you're and you're cheap. 
You're so cheap. <laughs> well, I mean, the salary cap might trim next year. I got to think ahead. No, we that's can't right. Think for this year, we're going to think three years ahead, Locks. Well, you know, hopefully there's a little bit of when you're talking about the the salary cap. You know, the the agreement that the NFLPA and the NFL has. You know, you're talking about smoothing it out and lessening the pain over a number of years instead of having that that one year hit, which would have been. Uh, catastrophic for some football teams if you didn't have some type of agreement in place that allowed the numbers to smooth over time and you know whereas if they stayed under the current rules of play there would have been a massive salary cap hit in 2021 and teams would have been cutting guys all over final piece of news around the league the league's top 100 players list came out through nfl media Here's the top five, and it's been relatively controversial today. Number five was Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas. Number four, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Number three, Aaron Donald of the Rams. Number two, Russell Wilson of the Seahawks. And number oh. one, Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. And I guess oh. you're not uh, you're not in agreement. <laughs> I'm taking Patrick Mahomes as number one all day long, every day, even on Sunday. Not even close. Well, the situation with this is voted on by players, usually November, December timeframe. And and the question is, how many players vote? How scientific is this? Is up for debate, I think. Uh, Lamar Jackson's the MVP, though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, now having Mahomes fourth, I'm with you. He shouldn't be fourth on that list. He should be I can at least tell you two. this, look, I think Lamar Jackson's a great football player. And, and he's, I can't imagine trying to prepare for a quarterback of that nature if you're a defensive coordinator. But longevity, which quarterback are you taking? Are you taking the quarterback that's going to function from the pocket? Or are you going to take the quarterback that makes things happen with his legs? Me? Right. I'm taking the guy that functions in the pocket. Well, you, you called that in the pre-draft process, too, by the way. Remember? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I thought it, of all the college players that I watch, quarterbacks, you know, not like I haven't been watching it forever, but uh, it was the most impressive college quarterback that I've ever watched film on, and, and he just blew me away, and some of the things that he was able to do were just nothing short of impressive. A uh, fun player to watch, and he still is showing that in the National Football League, and sometimes when you watch film, and those are the things that you see, you just don't know everything else about the player all you're seeing is film so you're sitting there going well something's got to be wrong with them if nobody's taking them like in the at number one or number two or number three i was thinking that maybe he didn't have the mental capacity maybe he's a bad guy uh, i couldn't figure out why he went where he did well now he's got uh, he can earn up to a half billion dollars with a B in well, no, his no, new JP, contract. Now he just bought a piece of the Royals. <laughs> it's true right it's a- i mean yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, really amazing. He's, he's so good. He just bought a piece of the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> it's amazing stuff. Oh, There's a look around the National Football League. Uh, our thanks to John Ozier, Jaguars.com senior writer, for joining us a little bit earlier in the program. And uh, coming up at the top of the hour, just a, a little less than a minute, the Doug Marone Show. Head coach Doug Marone standing by. Uh, Logs, it's good to see your face on at least on the computer screen. Good, uh, JP. It's always good to be seen, and uh, and it was good to see your face as well, and uh, and I can see I can see a couple other faces we're going to talk to here in a minute. One yeah, of yeah. them, I'm styling. Yeah, coming in, uh, coming up shortly. The uh, Doug Marone show. Stand by for that on the Jaguars Radio Network. That will do it. 
This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.